Welcome to the LC Parent Podcast, where we get real about the struggles, victories, and laughs we share as parents. All right. Thank you so much for coming back to the LC Parents Podcast. We are pumped about our guest today. Um, She is one of my most favorite people, so I can't wait to get started with that. But first, my name is Allie Evans. I'm the next-gen leader here at Life Church, and I've been around for 18 years. It has been an incredible time in ministry. I love the fact that you and I are a part of a church that absolutely believes in family and believes in the partnership between church and home. We know that we are going to be better together, stronger parents, stronger families when we lock arms with our church. And so I'm just so thankful for Pastor Craig and Amy uh, and how they lead us that way. So you have come to the LC Parents Podcast. And so this is really a conversation. We hope that you feel comfortable to grab a cup of coffee and really kind of join in on your own and and find the relatable places for you. This particular episode is going to be a great episode if you are the parent of a one-year-old, a 13-year-old, 17-year-old, or 26-year-old. You're going to find some nuggets here, and I'm so excited to get started. So let me introduce you real quick to my friend, Nicole Brown. Uh, Nicole has been part of the Life Church team for how many years? 14, I think. 14 years, so a really long time. She's the Life Kids pastor at our Tulsa Midtown campus. So I'm going to let her introduce herself personally and professionally and let you know kind of what she's about. Well, as Allie said, I'm the Life Kids Pastor at Midtown Tulsa. Um, I'm married to what I like to call my hunk of burning love husband, because he's a firefighter, TFD (laughs) in the house. And we have three beautiful young adult children. I have to practice saying that because they're not kids anymore. Um, And they're 17, 18, and 21. Wow. That's our little familia. And they're amazing. They are amazing. I love them so much. They are precious girls. I'm excited for you to talk to us today about how you've gotten to where you are. The reason it's important to have Nicole on uh, the LC Parents podcast is because her girls are amazing. They have raised three amazing girls and they love Jesus They make decisions independent and on their own. Sometimes they're the perfect decisions. Sometimes they're not, and they learn from them. And so Nicole is going to spend some time today talking about how they got to a place with three kids. What did you call them? Young adult adult children. Yes, young adult children. That's what they are. Who are really successfully adulting or almost adulting. Yeah. So I love the story that you tell about child dedications. First of all, share with our listeners what child dedications is and what that means here at Life Church. Child dedications is the perfect opportunity for parents to stand in front of the church, the body of Christ, and they commit to raising their kids according to what the Bible asks of them. It's a huge, huge thing. We get to connect and partner with parents on a very, very personal level and support them as they are the spiritual leaders in the lives of their kids. We know that God called them in His infinite wisdom and power to do that. So that's what we do with child education. So how, just as a parent, so not as a pastor, but as Mm -hmm. a parent, how did child dedications impact you and how you and your husband have been parenting? And tell us a little bit of the story. Uh, Well, child dedications was a pivotal moment for our family because we realized in that moment that 
it was us. It wasn't us plus what our parents told us or what we learned from our parents or what our friends suggested. It was us that got trusted with the decisions that were going to shape our kids to be able to live in the world mm. when they move out. And so we definitely were focused and had lots of conversations and in preparation to dedicate them. And it was really um, comforting to go back to child dedication agreements or conversations opposed to, you know, our memory of being raised and seeing people raise other kids around us. But it was really easy to be okay with the decisions we made during that time and to live by them and follow them through. Mm, that's yeah. good. You know, you said something, there's a little nugget in there, and you said we recognize that parenting our kids mm -hmm. was was us. It was us and God. It wasn't us and our neighbors or our friends at work or our parents or things that we inherited. It's it's between us and God and our children. I love that because what you did there was you helped us as parents see that we're in a no judgment zone because you and I know that People judge our parenting. Oh, yeah. If you spank, if you don't spank, if you ground, if you restrict, if right. you don't, if you allow kids to make their... I mm. mean, there's a lot of judgment out there. So um, I love that you set the stage for, at the end of the day, we realize it's us and God. Yeah. That's it. Part of, of why I love we're starting your conversation about your adult kids, young adult kids uh, with child dedications is because you guys were really starting with the end in mind. Yes. You were imagining not what is it like to have a two-year-old or a six-year-old or a teenager that's driving. You guys, years ago, were thinking, what does it look like to raise an adult who's successful, who loves Jesus? I, I love that. I, I think that that's probably one of the key things about you guys um, that, that I've always really respected. So talk a little bit about how could you be that intentional those many years ago, you know, and to, to really be forward thinking because tomorrow's coming tomorrow. Right. So right. to think 18 years from now or 20 years from now, that's difficult. Yeah. So talk about what you've done over the years to, to yield these great adults. Um, I used to pretend that my girls could talk to each other and I'd imagine what their conversation was like. Was it going to be about hair? Was it going to be about makeup? Or was it going to be about their prayers? Or Ooh. were they going to pretend to be mommy and daddy? And what was that going to look like if they could talk to each other? Mm -hmm. And so when we had conversations, this is, when they were this is when they were little, when yeah, they yeah. could not even talk, like they were all in <laughs> diapers and car seats and it was a little cray cray, but <laughs> I just thought, what does my conversation look like with them? What does it look like with my husband? What does it look like with my mom, my cousins, um, our family? When we're around, they're watching every single moment. And so when they start talking, what does that look like? And how's the conversation? How are they even going to enunciate their words? Um, so we used to think about stuff like that. So when we had conversations with them, they were very direct. We used very little few words. We used our actions because that was part of dedications, better caught than taught. Mm. Um, so we didn't really do a whole lot of conversating, but we, we really did, <laughs> no joke, imagined what it was going to look like when they left us, which was the end, which is kind of tough to think about hindsight because we were so focused on getting them ready but then when they when they left it was hard but mm. it was okay because we did okay yeah you know that's good but we did we imagined what it would be like 
when they were able to think on their own and how cognitively strong they would be spiritually, mentally, and all that. That's so good. One of the things that, that I love about what you talk about when you're just in conversations with anybody about parenting is you talk about the quantity of quality time. Mm-hmm. And some of us have heard that phrase. What, what does that mean? Because honestly, Nicole, when you talk about um, starting with the end in mind and imagining the end, it can almost be overwhelming. It makes me think that as a parent, I've got 57 things that I need to do every year yeah. to get my kid ready to be. And yeah. that's overwhelming to someone like me. So yeah. talk to me about the quantity of quality time aspect. Uh, for a period of time when the girls were, I want to say, five, six, and nine, um, we decided that we weren't going to do all the extra stuff. Riddell's a firefighter, so he his shifts vary, and our schedules just were never on the same page. And so we flipped the script, is what we like to say, and we cut out dinner time. We started breakfast, and we knew we would all wake up together, and we would do breakfast every day. Okay. Okay, wait a minute. First of all, you're freaking me out, because every book I've ever read about parenting says... <laughs> You need to guard dinner time. Dinner time is sacred. Everyone sit down at the dinner. So talk to me about that. Well, at dinner time, I felt like from the time I would typically get home about 530 till the time they went to bed, which is about eight with homework and how was school today and tell me what your teacher said and where's dad? Let's tell him and where's your clothes? Brush your teeth. What are you wearing tomorrow? It was... I feel like robbing us of true quality time. Mm. And so to try to cram a meal in there with a with a protein, a carb and a green <laughs> was like overwhelming to me and it wasn't enjoyable. And so uh, we got real comfortable with mac and cheese, um, <laughs> deli meat and peas, just whatever they would eat if they could get it themselves they could get it themselves and then we really found a new like groove and niche when it came to breakfast we had french toast fridays we had taco tuesdays and that was just breakfast tacos Mm -hmm. but they knew it was coming and they wanted to be home and they wanted to wake up so i didn't have to get them out of bed i didn't have to make them do anything the chore chart was non-existent which I really put a lot of work into I didn't have to (laughs) do it because they were motivated by breakfast and that felt really good for us so we kept doing it so was it around the breakfast table then that you guys were able to have more meaningful conversations or how was that I love the fact that you weren't having to drag them out of bed first Mm -hmm. of all any parent recognizes how awesome that is um you know what I want to move on to something else actually because that's amazing. First of all, I think you just gave a lot of us permission to change that dinner time mindset, yeah. which is so great. But talk to me, you know, I think about three girls, Nicole, yeah. and I think about you're a pastor, the weddings and showers and the parties and the birthday, this and that, and all of the things that the girls are getting invited to and all the things that you and Riddell are supposed to be a part of. Like, how in the world did you manage all of that? Well, I had to pick a way to be consistent. I really do thrive with consistency and something I can sustain that I don't have to think about and check off a list. Mundane things just really wear me down. So whenever we got an invite to a wedding, baby shower, birthday party, bridal shower, any kind of invitation to anything, we kept it. And we we loved the invitations. It was like, oh, this would be cool for 
you know, maybe we could share this with a family member or we can save this. I literally just a couple of weeks ago just went through all the invitations. Thank you, Carl. You mean the literal paper literal invitation? Paper invitations. And so that was like the ticket. The ticket we used to go to the store to get the gift. And the gifts they got to present. And so they, they still to this day are really, really good gift givers, I'd like to say, because we really did value getting to receive an invitation and then to bring value to them by giving them the gift. Mm -hmm. So it was less about the gift and more about like, this is going to bring value to them. And so it, the no's got easier. Okay, you know? wait. So you're saying you would get the invitation, yep. you'd buy the gift, but you would say no to the actual event. Right. Wow. So we um, RSVP'd zero just wow. so we can go through the formalities of what you do when you decide and you choose and you don't owe anybody an explanation, really. You don't. Um, so there's no need to get comfortable with the white lies or the right. you know, oh, lies by omission. We were really, really adamant about we're going to pass, but we're definitely going to bring you a gift. And sometimes it would be sooner. Sometimes it would be after. But it was just less stressful for us to go to events and to really harvest that quantity of our quality time when all five of us could be at home or together. I love that. Yeah. So you you were very respectful of the couple or the, the bride or yeah. the new mom or whatever. You weren't teaching your girls to be rude and to turn down everything. Yeah. You were teaching them, in fact, just the opposite. Mm -hmm. So you care and respect for those people. You respond to the invitation. Right. Um, and the gift-giving part, I imagine you all five went together. Whoever was available yeah. would go to the bride's house or, or what have you yeah. and deliver. That is, I think that's really special. And then you could preserve those mm -hmm. two and a half, three hours that you would have been at the event for yeah. good quality time as a family. Yeah. Wow. Those are those are great lessons. Okay. So talk to me. What about extracurricular stuff? That's that's another calendar filler. Oh, okay. Well, I will say we tried. We tried boxing. We tried track and field. We tried soccer. I think we tried basketball. Um, and there was one time I needed to be. Two kids needed to be somewhere. And it broke my heart that we couldn't all participate. Mm. And I was like, this is not okay. I, I don't want to FaceTime this situation. I get it. I get it. And I'm a fan of FaceTime. Right. But it was breaking my heart for the girls not to see their sisters and their mom or one of the girls not to see dad. And since we're both there and present, a lot of people aren't mm -hmm. um, as fortunate. And I didn't want to plant a seed that would... I think make separation okay. Mm -hmm. I want it for our quality time to really feel like quality time and then for not to be some misconception or false positive when it comes right. to family time. So That's we good. agreed to, well, they were gonna all do one extracurricular activity. So we tried that and it took all of our Saturday mm. with other people in the hot sun that we did not know. <laughs> so we said nix that and we enjoyed our sleeping in on Saturday mornings, which right. is typically just the only day you can mm -hmm. sleep in. Um, and we never looked back. When the girls That's got good. in school and they were old enough and school could offer extracurricular activity, they did that. And we all went to support. And if there was a game or a scrimmage or something that we couldn't all be at, they actually didn't participate in it. Oh, wow. And so it was no big deal. It was just like, hey, coach, I'm not going to be able to 
I'm going to sit this one out because my family can't come. Mm -hmm. And so it was able to communicate a really strong sense of like family for them Mm -hmm. and comfort level that this is a sport and it's teaching me things, but it's not something that I actually have to do. Right. I need to be with people who care about me and love me. That's good. Disclaimer. Um, what I do know about you too is you're not suggesting that parents who have five kids and are all involved in three different sports is somehow that's wrong or bad. Right, right. Right. It's like whatever works for your family and keeps you Mm -hmm. sane. We've all seen the mom or dad at the football field or at, you know, picking their kids up from dance who are pulling their hair out Uh because they're running frazzled. And does that make sense to every day or three times a week put yourself in a place where you're about to lose your mind? If it does make sense for you and you can mm-hmm. stay completely calm and stay connected to your family in a really positive way and be super, super busy, then that works for you. However, if that's not healthy, don't. what you're saying is you're giving us permission. Yeah. You don't have to have your kids in five different sports and activities. You really don't. Right. If they're not going to get the best out of you in that season. Yeah. And before we and before we made that, because I, I was nervous about bringing it to Riddell and, and saying, hey, Let's try this. I would talk to moms. I would say, how do you do it? Do you have special coffee or like <laughs> awesome shoes that I could buy or like this awesome gas or a car <laughs> that like really just makes me feel like I'm superwoman? And it just uh, one mom suggested that I should do what I'm comfortable doing and OK doing. And so she's like, stress fuels me. She's like, I love to be pulled in five different directions. I oh, feel cool. needed. I feel known. I feel useful and valued. And she was just like, but if that's not you, you need to be okay with it. And it was really straightforward. I'll never forget. Her name was Jasmine. Mm-hmm. And I was like, thanks for just saying that. She was like, stop trying to figure out something that you're not going to ever figure out. Right. And I was like, okay. So I feel like she gave me permission and that made it okay. That's, I think that's awesome. I think that's great. So, okay. So talk to me just a little bit about, we only have just a few minutes left and there's so much more to talk about, but (laughs) talk to me a little bit about the girls leaving the nest. Okay. So when they leave, what kind of conversations do you have before and after? You've also talked to me about a mom moment. Yeah. So cover (laughs) that for me. So when they're juniors in high school, we have just a fun conversation that includes here's what life's going to look like and begin to look like that includes maybe you know buying your own groceries um you mean they'll start buying their own groceries as a junior potentially mm-hmm. okay all right 25 to 50 bucks a week sure. you know this is something you can sustain as a young adult um making a decent amount of money i guess and so we just have an agreement that we're preparing for them to move out and once they move out they're not to move back home because Ooh. if they do or if they need to and it's not an urgent or an emergent thing, then we didn't prepare them to live out there. That's and it's going to be tough, not easy. But that was the agreement. Um, and our oldest, she did it. <laughs> she moved <laughs> out before anyone, any of us was ready. She moved out her senior year. She turned 18 in March of 2016. She moved out at the end of March graduated from tech, graduated from high school, got a place, had a full-time job as um, an urban stylist at a very well-known salon in Tulsa. Wow. And has been on her own 
ever since. And um, when she moved out, even though it wasn't planned like I planned it, um, <laughs> I sent her her dedication letter, her child's dedication letter. Okay. And what she told me... Wait, over, wait, what is ahead. a child dedication letter? Child dedication letters. When you do the child dedication and you stand before the church and you commit to raise your kids, like the Bible says, it includes writing a letter. Um, and the prayer that was in that letter was a serenity prayer. Grant me the serenity, accept the things I can't change, the courage to change the things that I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. And so I wrote a really, really, really long letter to give to her when she graduated. How um, old was she when you wrote the letter? I, when I started the letter, she was six. Oh, wow. So it was a really long letter. Yeah. So you added to it. I added to it oh, her over the whole years. life. Okay. Um, and at the end of the year, I'd edit it. So one year was like, a page and the okay. next year was like the back page. Um, so it was like reading a book about her life is what she told me and Aww. that she felt like there's no other person in the world that could read about their life from that perspective. And she felt really, really honored and valued. Like we cried for like 20 minutes before we said a word to each other um, because the Monday after she moved out, which was the Friday before we had lunch at Chick-fil-A. And so I gave her a paper <laughs> copy and we just cried. People from Chick-fil-A Aww. were like, is what everything is happening? okay? And I was like, it's fine. She's growing up. Um, so yeah, That's she moved out early though. and gosh, she said, I'm fine. I'm That's fine. Good. I'm fine. And all the parents I talked to about what I was going through, a lot of them said, well, at least you didn't have to, you know, help her move out, you know. Right. She moved out on her own. Yeah. So you did okay. And I was like, so this is this is the end. Gosh. This is the end of that. Well, do time. you ever really stop parenting though? You Tell don't, me about mom you don't. moments. The mom moment is after they move out, we agree that I is no judgment zone. I, you can tell me anything, no judgment. Um, but I do get two mom moments a year. Where when I say this is a my moment, that just means you're just going to do what I'm telling you to do (laughs) and trust that the equity I'm cashing in with you is for our benefit, not just yours, not just Mm. mine, but for our benefit. And so um, I've cashed in three of those over the last four years with uh, Jaja and she's okay with it. That's good. So that's a time when you feel like you're making a decision or something is happening that's urgent enough. This mm-hmm. is a big enough deal that I feel like I need to insert some mom opinion and wisdom. Yeah. So otherwise, it sounds like your relationship with them is very much, I mean, like a friend. It really right? is. A, if, yeah. We set the like tone. Besties. It's like we're <laughs> friends. We really yeah. are. I respect you. You respect me. I, we, this, this is how we're going to sustain our life. Okay. That's good. I'm not going to be like your mom. Mm-hmm. I'm your mother, but those mom moments are gonna like I, I didn't think I would ever cash it in until like they had kids, you know, like right, you're right. a mom. So, <laughs> you know, listen, I've done this before, you know. But yeah. it's just a really sweet deal, like literally. That's great. And they're okay with it, so I'm okay with it. Nicole, your wisdom in knowing your what I do about your girls and how amazing they are is so valuable and so precious. Thank you so much for being on the LC Parents Podcast. I'd love to reserve the right to have you back. Absolutely. You have so much wisdom. I just love it. I know that part of what we talked about today um, from child dedications was birthed out of the book from a great friend of mine, Carrie Newhoff Mm -hmm. and Reggie Joyner, actually parenting beyond your capacity. 
um, there are five major parenting points that are timeless. So I highly recommend that resource. We'll put those in our notes on the podcast to make sure that you have uh, accessibility to that. Also, if you're listening to this, please don't forget to join our Facebook group, LC Parents. Uh, find us on Instagram, LC Parents, and probably the best place for you to grab resources that Life Church recommends or any information that we may be providing to partner with you. Like I said, Church and Home is the most important partnership that you can have as a parent. Um, is at life.church forward slash parents. So please go there for anything. Don't forget to talk to your youth pastor, kids pastor, and your kids small group leaders for anything else. Nicole, thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you for being it was here. so fun. It was. It was great having you. All right, you guys, we will see you this week at church. 